Welcome to the Cardboard Podcast, where we discuss the world of shiny cardboard. Are you bored? Then let's talk cardboard. Now here are your hosts, Big Ziff and Metaman. What is going on everyone? Metaman here. Uh, here with uh, Big Ziff for our very first Cardboard Podcast. What's going on, Big Ziff? Not much. I'm doing well. Uh, it is currently 12.36 p.m. for me, PST, on the 18th of October. So... We have Nightfall coming out officially in four days, but I believe that will probably be the main topic of this video. But for anyone who doesn't know, this podcast is just going to be a very generic, as it's stated, cardboard podcast. We'll talk about all things shiny cardboard. We will talk about NFTs, collectibles, anything of that nature is up for game in this podcast, as well as other topics. But I believe that would be kind of our main focal point. But the first thing that I really wanted to bring up in this first episode was, I guess, the most prevalent thing right now in MetaZoo, which is the Collecticon stamped cards. Just because I tried to pick up a few of them, I think they're slightly overhyped as well, but I'm interested to see your take on it because I was actually going to make a video later on my thoughts on it just based on some some uh, opinions I gathered from Discord. But what do you what do you think about them, first of all? Yeah, I saw you're looking for some, right? You're, you're trying to pick mm -hmm. up some, you're, you're making offers. So if anyone's got one and, and wants to make you an offer, they should hit you up on Instagram. Yeah, there were specific ones I was looking for. I picked up one as well as a sealed pack um, for around like 200 bucks total for both. Like, so I paid uh, like eight, or 100 bucks for the potion seller one, which I was like, I almost am willing to pay whatever price for that one because that was like my favorite card. And then someone else had a sealed pack for like a hundred bucks, which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but I was like, huh, I'm just gonna pull the trigger on it. But I need to stop spending because I was trying to save for the Rudy bundle. But with some of those other cards I sold yesterday, um, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just gonna go for this. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up for you and just see what you thought about it was because I saw an interesting take in the Discord, which was essentially, and I still might make a video on this, which was essentially saying that, and I don't know if Mike did this on purpose, but I think inadvertently the Collecticon stamped ones, so long as they don't have quote-unquote surface damage from the stamps like the other Collecticon ones do, where they pretty much all auto PSA 6 because they were hand stamped and you could see the indent in the back of the card if these ones are somehow able to get authenticated and graded as normal i believe um, someone was pretty much hinting at that these are going to be the main chase cards in nightfall and it pretty much they were saying that it would devalue the rest of nightfall cards which i thought was an interesting take and i almost kind of agree with it so long as well, what i was just saying holds true that they don't uh, you know, PSA or BGS wouldn't grade down on the fact that there's a stamp. Um, but I, I was interested to hear your take on it because I thought it was pretty cool. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, the Houston Collecticon just happened, I believe, this past weekend uh, from Friday to Sunday, I think, or maybe Friday and Saturday. And the MetaZoo booth there, you could pick up two sealed packs. It's very confusing. There was two sealed packs. One of them was labeled as like a Nightfall Collecticon pack, which to my knowledge has a guaranteed hollow in it from Nightfall with a black Collecticon stamp on the card. The other pack is a 
Nightfall spoiler pack, which I really don't know why they did this, but there is a Nightfall spoiler pack, which, again, to my knowledge, has only non-hollows in it. And instead of a Collecticon stamp, it actually has a Nightfall stamp. Now, the way this is pretty much shaped up is that no one's really buying the spoiler packs when they figure out what the difference is. Pretty much everyone's just buying those Collecticon packs because obviously people want hollows more than non-hollows. And again, to my knowledge, I haven't seen a, a hollow be pulled from that Nightfall spoiler pack, although I do like the Nightfall stamp more than the Collecticon one. Um, I think people are just going to prefer hollows over non-hollows. But again, the main reason I was bringing it up was because I thought it was an interesting take that someone said that these stamped cards, since they have the entire set of Nightfall pretty much stamped to some degree, and I believe someone said 2.5K or something were made, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen the... You can go check 130 point right now. The Mothman, there's been two Mothman stamped ones that have sold for 1K already, which is just beyond me. But uh, yeah, I think it's interesting to think about how it's possible that these in, in inadvertently devalued regular nightfall hollows but i don't know i want to hear your your take on it i mean how many are there i i, I someone said two one two and a half k but i don't know how is that, that is. i, I know mean, like there's how, how many of each card there's more than one of each card i've seen like five mothman already i've seen the guy i bought the potion seller from opened another pack and got another potion seller so i just don't i don't really, know the exact i don't really number. buy that they're gonna like affect the the prices of of normal singles i mean that's like sample level rarity yeah. and samples have never affected the prices of of the normal singles like in 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 either like kickstarter or or first edition cryptid nation i just don't know if like hyper exclusive prints like really affect the broader print runs but at the same time i mean i think 50k boxes is a lot for nightfall and a lot is going to get opened up and so i think there are going to be like a lot more cards on the market than we're used to with like first edition cryptid nation so at the same time i wouldn't be surprised if like most singles in nightfall are worth less than those in cryptid nation but um i think cryptid nation is always going to be king people are telling me that they think nightfall looks better or whatever doesn't yeah. really matter in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The actual print run size, as well as the cards in it, people are always going to be chasing that OG Mothman over any new Mothman variant that ever comes out. Uh, yeah, that's I just think the way the, it's going to end up being. I think OG Mothman just looks like head and shoulders better than yeah. Nightfall Mothman. Nightfall Mothman's cool in its own right, but I, th I think it's it's. Almost not even a debate that Cryptid Nation Mothman is just like so sick. It's also it just the the new Mothman and you know all credit goes to Victor. He did an amazing job with it. But to me, it just it doesn't feel like it's the main chase card to me. And the market has proven me otherwise so far. People paying hundreds of dollars for this thing already. But when I look at something, you have Wendigo and Headless Horseman as well as a couple of these other cards where we haven't really seen like. The market fleshed them out yet and those unlucky 13 ones and all that sort of stuff not saying those would be more valuable than a mothman but it's just like the the composition of the mothman still doesn't scream ultimate chase card to me but again people are people are almost always going to collect the mothman over anything else so maybe that i could be wrong there but i think something like indrid or wendigo or something could still emerge as 
the top dog, but we'll have to see. I think Indrid will definitely be up there. I, I think you just need to keep in mind that you're this like uber sophisticated MetaZoo connoisseur <laughs> and like 99% of people are, are, are simpletons, dude. They're like, I see Mothman, I buy Mothman chase card. Yeah. Mothman, Mothman, Mothman. That's, They're not like I guess uber that's how it's always going like to work, though. Huh? I said, I guess that's just always how it's going to work, though. It's not going to... It's not going to really matter what I think about how it looks or, or how it feels yeah. just from a, a face value perspective. It's really just going to be like, where is the hype? It's the same argument for Charizards, right? There's some Charizards that arguably look like dog shit to me, but <laughs> they'll still be more valuable than a better looking card in, in a specific set. So I definitely hear what you're saying, though, in, in that uh, Wendigo, for sure. I think Wendigo has to be one of the primary chases. I mean, Wendigo yeah. has his own pack art, too. So he's got to be one of the top chase cards. And then Indrid Cold is just, you know, that's our villain. And I feel like there's always going to be some buzz around Indrid just because his, you know, his look had to be changed because he looked mm-hmm. so much um, so much like um, Giovanni. Definitely. So, um, no, but, but I yeah. I'm, I guess that was a good point that um, the, the stamped ones don't necessarily devalue the regular nightfall versions so much as just like being the more expensive like higher end versions they don't actually devalue what's already going to be out there they're still gonna those hollows are still going to be you know twenty dollars for this hollow and then maybe eighty dollars for indrid cold or whatever depending on Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that little grading peculiarity is cool though like if they could not see the stamp as damage i think that's what you're saying that that they'll evaluate the the grade of the card you know, damage, damage from, from the stamp, notwithstanding, right? Like they'll it's just, I haven't, I haven't seen them in hand, so I don't know exactly, but to my knowledge, they don't, the problem with the original Collecticon ones was they were hand stamped by Mike or whatever, which, you know, got to give him credit for doing all that. Cause that takes a lot of time and effort, but the way it was pressed down with the heat of the stamp or whatever would leave an indent on the back of the card. Oh, that makes PSA sense especially views that as surface damage. So for example, the, and there were samples in that Collecticon, there was a hundred samples, one of each sample, I believe. And someone graded the Jersey devil and one other one, I can't remember, uh, Collecticon stamped samples. And they just both came back automatic sixes, which as any sort of surface damage they can detect like that, they bump it down to a six pretty much instantly, I believe. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a bummer. That was why I was asking that because it it seems to me like it's that's not the case. I it's hard for me to tell because they do look sort of like imprinted somewhat compared to like the uh, the MegaCon Orlando ones or whatever, where it's clearly like a part of the card. Like there's no difference. In right, the right. Yeah, it's just like printed on there, right? Yeah. Versus so like we'll have physically. to see. But I, I think it's interesting because uh, I don't know. I. For me, and as well as a lot of other people, they like to chase things that are more valuable, right? And for me, it's like I have a couple Nightfall boxes coming, so there's almost no no incentive for me to buy Nightfall singles right now. But when it comes to something like those stamped cards, especially if they're not going to get damaged from that, um, it makes me want to get like that stamped Potion Seller and Red Ghost and Wendigo at some point, which are my favorite cards from the set. But nice and Jack Frost, but. Um, you know their their value is is kind of all over the place right now. I kind of have been lowballing. I don't even know if it's lowballing. Seventy five to a hundred bucks a piece, just because 
that's what I'm willing to pay right now. And but I've seen people pay upwards of thousand for those Mothman's, so I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, I mean, I think those are fair offers, and and like especially when there's no sales history, it's like you, you know. You're I mean, that's kind of why I start. I try to do those things earlier rather than later because if it comes come a week from now and the let's say the potion seller for whatever reason is a hundred dollars from the regular nightfall set that's going to make the stamped one like way more expensive and i don't want to pay over a hundred dollars for any card yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens with with all of those i think um yeah it's just it's like the really high end of the market so it's always interesting to follow and see what happens but um like the original collecticon where was the uh where where was the first Collecticon when they gave out all that stuff? Was that like, it was it Dallas, also right? Also in Texas, yeah. I think it was Dallas Fort Worth area. They they had that Collecticon and they were giving out those, uh, you know, those sample packs, right? And yeah, those samples. They also had Kickstarter cards. Those were that's okay. why that one was kind of so pivotal. But they were the problem was everything was hand stamped, so a lot of those cards are more for like collection purposes as opposed to grading and value. Boosts. Yeah, but I mean that didn't stop those little, you know, um, those little like shiny fo- foiled uh, little packs from being mm-hmm. like selling for five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, even more, even like more. five ten thousand dollars. A lot of them yeah. sold for. Yep, it's um, crazy. So I'm curious how hard all that stuff was to pick up at Houston Collecticon. I'm sure it was super hard to like even get some of that stuff, right? Wouldn't you think? Like these new packs? It seems like they were available. And I know some people who got multiple, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the same as like some of those NYCC. NYCC seems to be the most hectic one that I've seen. There's like people sprinting to the stash loot thing, trying to get boxes as quickly as possible. There's people with 35 of the freaking Dingbell promo and stuff, which when I saw that sort of thing, it just made me lose all drive to even go after one of those. I was like, if someone wants to send me one for free that I know that's there, go for it. I'll cover shipping, but other than that, I am not buying one of these things. And so quickly, those cards went from uh, $150 each to $100 each to $50 each to $40 each. So quick. And it's not, again, it's not all about value, but the card itself didn't really scream to me uh, that I wanted it. So it wasn't a huge deal. But my main goal right now is I've seen some people with those, the Collecticon stamps, right? And many of them have gotten their cards signed by Poncho. And I'm really, really trying to get a couple of those because I wasn't able to be at that convention. So I'm, I'm trying to work my way to get a couple of those, like two or three signed ones that are stamped as well. Because worst case scenario for me, and I know I've bashed DSG to a degree, but they will authenticate signatures and stamps. That's uh, tight. So... Also, artist sketch cards, too, which I've been considering. Hmm. And their costs are very low. I think it's like $30 a card or sketch card. So Yeah, they're super great. affordable, and they'll do it fast, yeah. too, because they don't have the same volume. And it's volume. just like you want to get your things encased at some point. So Yeah, I think the MetaZoo community like respects DSG. And so for MetaZoo cards, it's great, because like a lot of people will probably, you know, they'll, they'll pay a premium on a, on a DSG slab. Um, just yeah i don't know certain cards well, like, like value aside like you just want to get you want to have like your poncho sketch card say like poncho you know xyz card 
uh, authenticate or authentic or something like that. Like people want that in their own collections. You don't just want it to sit in a top loader all day. Yeah. And if it only costs $30 to do that, then I don't see why not. Yeah, for sure. And especially if PSA like can't do that or, or they, they don't have the means yeah, they to like authenticate to, it think, in the same way. Um, yeah, I, to I totally get it. And uh, I think DSG will continue to like, you know, build trust and stuff in the community. So yeah, I think DSG is like a fine option. But otherwise, uh, Houston Collector Con... Wanna... No, I meant like, I don't want to discredit them, but they... They, it's not that they're not a good option. It's just that they're pretty much the only option as of right now. Is yeah. Beckett or PSA won't you. do it. I hear so. you. But yeah. Um, yeah, should we so, talk about the rest of Collecticon? I mean, it seemed like a pretty big weekend for all yeah, alternative TCGs Yeah, it was big for Akora as well. They had a huge turnout as well as eSpirits, I guess. But I don't really want to... I mean, I don't have a problem with them, but I don't really have any much to say other than wow people are paying a lot of money for those cards <laughs> well i mean credit where it's due man like they i i almost think they they probably well i'm sure it was like metazoo's show in a way but like i feel like d spirits kind of stole the show in a way i mean they had um they had our boy the um pokemon themes uh theme song singer. oh jason page thanks i was like blanking on his name they had they were like kicking it with jason page all weekend and um, their promo with him was like super dope looking. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot, saw a lot of people opening up cards and I don't know. D spirits is hype, man. I cannot agree with you there, but I will you give can't them agree that it's hype. Good. I mean, you can, you can say that you don't like it, but you can't, you can't disagree that it's like super hype. Well, I mean, I see both sides of the coin in terms of people I talk to. So it's, to me, I'm just neutral about it at this point. I don't really like it, and that's just me. But they, I mean, people are spending insane amounts of money up for it. So I can't deny that they are making the right moves, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, they're crushing it. I have zero D spirits um, on order. I, I'm, I'm zero into D spirits. I know. I'm but... still just suspicious about it because not only does the creator post these sorts of things to their main page, which is just not a professional business move in my opinion. Wait, what do you mean? But what does he post? He posts like big eBay sales and like huh. big box sales, things like that to their main page. It's like, wow, can you believe like this went for this much money or something? It's just like, to me, when you're building a brand, that is really not what you would want to do. You can recognize those things and talk about those with your community all you want. But to post them to like your main page where like your brand is essentially on display is just strange to me. But that's a topic for another video or discussion. Yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing is even recently, um, someone I know listed, well, I don't know them personally, but they listed on eBay the really rare one of 100 D Spirits card or whatever it is, the, what's it called? The unknown or I can't remember the name of it. Some like strange creature thing that there's only a hundred of them from the Kickstarter. And I mean, this thing got bid up to like $5,000, $6,000. I, I don't even know what it ended at, but someone took a closer look at the bids and there was someone who bid it from like a thousand to like $4,000. Um, obviously whoever capped it had their highest bid above that, which is fine. But whoever bid them up 
uh, someone took a look at their profile and they had 83 bid retractions in the past 12 months or six months. I can't remember. Gotcha. Which, so you're skeptical again, of some shill bidding then. Yeah, which isn't to discredit Dspirits and the things they've done, but I'm just saying there's things like that and that stuff happens with MetaZoo and stuff all the time. So again, not really a shot at Dspirits. It's just like that in combination with my own already thoughts about it it just makes i'm still skeptical about it so i don't know but they they did crush it and they had um i think those jason page cards someone told me there was only like four of them that ever got made at the con or whatever and so each of them someone sold i saw two of them sell for like two and a half or two 2.5 k yeah i saw that 2.1 k for another one or 2.3 k which is just crazy yeah nuts crazy sick promo though I, I, I thought the yeah. look of it looked great. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, like, weird to me that that's, like, people are paying for Jason Page promo in D-Spirits. Like, I don't know. It's just all weird to me. But I mean, if Jason Page is down, he's he's given it his um he, he's given it his seal of, of approval. And I know. It's just weird because people don't pay that much for anything Jason Page and Pokemon to my understanding but i don't know i hear you i mean dude this whole alternative card game market is absurd like what people pay for metazoo is absurd in my opinion like yeah it's it's all even nostalgics and these other new games akora as well akora they sold a pack for 700 bucks or something (laughs) because it was like the only one that got kept sealed or some strange like obscure thing that's just like okay but i think that whole break like they made like that guy live pokey auctions made like seven and a half k or something like that some crazy number or it's just like okay like dang i think all the packs were like 200 to 400 bucks it's just so crazy that this is like i made a joke with some guys earlier that i should just i should be like wolf of wall street for and for uh trading cards where people pay me to tell them what to invest in or whatever like yeah, you start I mean, like it's... an investment firm for trading cards. <laughs> I know people can just like what am I bullish on? People can just like give you like card investment capital and you'll like use it to to like you know buy buy some but, stuff. I mean even with things like MetaZoo it's like um I'm I'm happy that you know prices are still booming but I never got into MetaZoo for the prices in the first place. I wanted a break from Pokemon, which I couldn't afford, and now it's like flip flopped, and it it does get so tiring to try to find like certain cards that you're really actually passionate about, like the Potion Seller, for example. And I have to pay seventy five to a hundred bucks for it. Like it's just it kind of beats you down to a pulp. And that's my main problem with a lot of these new card games, and why I sell some of them is because it's like it doesn't feel as genuine to me for some of them, um, but. I don't know. I don't know how I feel altogether about it. And that's also why I've been kind of cross-trading and cross-collecting with DBS and some Pokemon occasionally is because not only are those safer places to put your resources, but there are certain cards from those games that bring back nostalgic memories to me or like my favorite characters from DBS where it just it makes sense to me to do that. Because again, I don't like having all eggs in one basket sort sort of thing, but... I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I think the grail, I think the, I think the whole idea is to like swap out all your junk for grails eventually, like down yeah, the or line. Just, like dwindle it down. To, Cause even Mirage today, I think he was selling like five or six of his samples to 
to cover grading costs, but also to just do whatever, you know? And it's like, that's, people don't realize it's like, why would you ever sell a sample? Or like, why would you not hold these for 20 years? And it's just like, well, it's just, I don't, I don't care for this card anymore. That's just how it is. Like, there's, there's no other reason to explain it. You, it might be your favorite card, but it's my least favorite card or something like that, you know? Yeah. Collecting is a very, very personal thing. And, uh, me, like, I don't know, I like, I really love obtaining something and then showing it off. And then after that, I, like, don't care anymore. I don't even really, like, need to own it anymore. Like, I literally yeah, just don't care. There's a very interesting, I've had that thought running through my head recently, which is, like, to what extent is what I collecting, like, actually for me, you know? Like, 90% of people that are collecting it is just to put it on Instagram and to take a really nice picture. And I am totally yep. a victim to that, or not a victim, but, like, I am a, a, you know, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I am a cog in the wheel of that, of that machine as well. But my point in saying that is really like when you break it down, like if you're not getting things that you really enjoy, then they kind of just sit there and they have no purpose. And it almost just makes you feel kind of empty as to why you got them in the first place. Right. So it's kind of weird for those sorts of things. I don't know. Collecting is very strange as a whole right now. Just, I think, also uh, coinciding with crypto and NFTs and stuff, just that sort of thing. It's like, are people even attached to any of that stuff? I don't I don't know if they are. I mean, I would argue they're equally as attached to it as they are to their, to their cards. Um, that's what you, I see anyway. You would say that? Abs 100%, dude. Really? I'm, I'm 100% sure of it, in fact. People get super attached to their NFTs especially like their profile picture style NFTs because they're actually like actively. I know, but I'm saying how much of that is actually like personal, like attachment as opposed oh, to like trying to show it off to their other NFT friends or oh, yeah, I yeah. have the most rare ape in the world. Or yeah, whatever. no, definitely. It's, like, it's, a, it's definitely that. I mean, in if no, if they were the last person on the planet, their yeah. NFTs would be a hundred percent worthless, just like yeah. just like our trading there cards would. There is like would. social value to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, dude. But that's why I'm saying like yeah. things like Pokemon and DBS. If you had a childhood connection to it, and and I'm not trying to advocate for them necessarily because they already get enough praise, but that's why I traded, you know, certain um, Akora cards or whatever for. I got a reverse. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Reverse Expedition Zard or like a certain um, DBS card that I really liked because those things actually, I had some sort of memory about them, right? So they actually were, even if their value went to zero, it's like I at least have them to have them or whatever. Totally, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. They actually mean something to you, mm -hmm. like deep down. They're like part of your life. They're like part of your soul. So yeah, I definitely respect that. And, and all this newer stuff, you know, a lot of it is kind of ego status driven and it's like i want to get this so i can show it off and get a bunch of likes and have and everyone be there's jealous there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion there's nothing wrong with wanting people to see it and that sort of thing it just that can't be your only like avenue or, or outlet of why you're doing what you're doing and i would argue it's totally fine to 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 feel that way because uh, you know, you and I wouldn't be talking right now if we didn't show off our cardboard to each other or talk about cardboard um, in discords and things like that. So 
there's no problem with me from that aspect because you meet a lot of cool people and you do get a trade for a lot of really cool stuff that you get to show off and and be proud of or whatever um, yeah exactly like yeah at a like, certain point you start to realize that you're and i i've been subject to this many times already where you start to sense that things are snowballing and you're just kind of spending ridiculous amounts of money um so yeah i don't know the dark side is ego and addiction and and doing it for likes and and the the bright side the good side is is like community and meeting people and kind of mm -hmm. being part of a community where you get yeah, to talk like to people yeah like being accepted to do what you're doing and and like not being like not feeling weird about posting like cardboard to people and that sort of thing right yeah it's all about having a community cuz you don't really have one in real life and your parents and your boyfriend or girlfriend or your friends not none of them care so you you know you take yeah. to the take mm -hmm. to the internet and and find your people so yeah there's def there's definitely both sides to it but um anyway i i finally got a nightfall pre-order my very first one i got it from nice. um kitchen table tcg from louis super chill guy uh shout out louis Shout Yo, out we Louis. should bring him on too. I, I messaged him and I actually went back and forth at one point. Oh, cool. Um, cool. I've never really like talked to him. No. Um, I don't know him at all. Um, he seems like a really nice, genuine guy though. Works super hard and uh, I'd love to to chat with him. Yeah. If you could ever get him on. No, he's definitely down. I've already talked to him about what? it. That's um, sick. It's just a matter of, of us scheduling that. Oh, that's sick. And yeah. And nice. for some reason at one point we had a conversation and I was looking for the MetaZoo font that he was using on his like "May the Zoo Be With You" podcast. Yeah, yeah. So like he emailed me that font, and I still have yet to use it. I don't even remember what I was going to use it for, but I have that font. Oh, very <laughs> and, cool. But that's like when I like first talked to him, and and we've spoken a couple times since because I've asked him a few questions about flesh and blood and things like that. But yeah, yeah he's a very dude. genuine and and smart guy. Mad respect for him. I I've been enjoying even just his Patreon posts. He had this like crazy long post dude it must have been like three thousand five thousand words or something the other day just a just to email out to his patreon people like giving his thoughts just about the overall market and like where everything's at and stuff and it was just like super fun to read like what he was thinking about everything especially from his side as like a, a retailer you know working with mm -hmm. distributors and like everything that's going on you know so uh yeah he brings a lot of value to the community for sure so um, shout out to him and I'm grateful to get like a solid MetaZoo Nightfall pre-order. Got a booster box in there, got a few other things, pretty good price. So yeah, I'm happy. Nice. I'm still looking forward to the Rudy one too. I, I hope Rudy will, will hook us I up. I know that's kind of what I've been holding out for. Um, just to see if it's like 800 bucks or what. I'm hoping it's not any more than that, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, my hope is that he waits long enough that the market kind of dips a little bit and then he reevaluates what the bundle is worth, but I don't know. Cuz I think it'll probably come out uh after next week after the actual set drops. Yeah, I mean, he's waiting till like the last possible second, right? I mean, I expected it to to have some announcement by now, but I guess he's just waiting until it's actually out, right? Yeah. That's what I think he's doing. Yeah. Cool though. Um you have any other thoughts about everything that's going on lately or uh not much i i mean i the past week have just been kind of feeling not down but like wanting to to kind of take a step back a little bit i feel 
almost too involved in everything still. Even after being banned from MetaZoo Discord, I feel like I still <laughs> I'm on Instagram too much. I'm checking like eBay too much and that sort of thing. And the problem with eBay and things like that is I've said this before is you find too many deals from your pers- your own personal perspective, so it's like so hard to not spend money. Same yeah. thing with Facebook. Like when I was looking for those Collecticon packs or whatever, like everyone's listing them at two hundred dollars a piece. And I can't negotiate below 150, and then someone randomly has one for 110 or 100, and I'm just like, shit, like, <laughs> this is exactly what I've been looking for, and now it's right in front of me, and it's like, I have to pay money for it, and blah, 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 blah. So, I don't know. I've, I've wanted to, like, take a further step back, at least until, and this is my own personal thing, until I'm, like, out of the house, I guess, but that, I don't know how soon that's going to be with, with my real job search. Mm-hmm. I work part-time, so it's kind of I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I, overall, I just want to like try and um, be more disciplined and, and have less phone time, less screen time at least. Just try to like get back into like drawing or just listening to music and not looking at a screen so much because uh, it wastes a lot of fucking time in your day. Like you don't realize it, but when you start to look at like the actual hours and usage, there's sometimes where I'll wake up. I wake up at like nine o'clock if I don't have work. And I'm on my phone until 12, like I eat breakfast or whatever, but it's like, I'm on my phone for three hours before I actually quote unquote, start my day, which is just like messed up to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to like, definitely check yourself if, if it's feeling, if you're like feeling like it's too much, then it's definitely too much. And I definitely think there's something to say for those kinds of activities being what you'd call like dopaminergic. So they really like hack into your like pleasure pathways quite a bit and, and they can really like kind of upend the way your brain works even so it's definitely good to like monitor your time and when you're doing too much to to definitely take a step back and try to check yeah, yourself and just being hard, like, aware of it i think it's like one of the hardest parts because you kind of just let your it's it's easier to just let yourself succumb to habits and um things that you know you shouldn't be doing like subconsciously but you just say oh I'll brush it off or whatever and then you get sucked into your phone and that thought is totally gone forever <laughs> yeah yeah until yeah. you're like okay I've looked through every single notification on uh email Instagram Twitter Facebook like now there's literally nothing else for me to do I'll go do some work for 15 minutes until more notifications pop up yeah it's like wow <laughs> yeah yeah, it's an ongoing struggle. I think turning off notifications can be really valuable. And, oh, yeah. Uh, my, I mean, my phone is on silent, uh, no vibration. It's been that way for five, ten years. I can't remember. Whenever I first got an iPhone, because it would drive me insane. But I, it's like almost like it's like a disease, bro. Like I literally find myself sometimes reaching into my pocket to pull out my phone. And I'm like, bro, I'll stop myself literally like. It's like my wrist is just moving on its own, you know? And I'll be grabbing out my phone, and then I'm like, wait, why am I going on my phone right now? Like, what What am I looking for? Like, why am I going to go on it's, Instagram? Dude, it's it's dopamine, I'm telling you. Like, social yeah. media, like, is highly dopaminergic, and it, it like, you know, it, it, it messes up your, like, baseline levels of, like, you know, brain chemicals that you need, you know? And then you need mm-hmm. more to become at baseline, and it, it like... Yeah, it's super sinister. It, it's it's um it's bad, man. When you mix that into collecting, it's just like a perfect storm to go broke. Yeah, and, and like the rush of either homeless. buying something or selling something. Oh yeah, combined with showing oh, it yeah. off, combined with 
yeah everything it's um yeah feeling like you're like not posting enough that sort of thing like all these things like and at the end of the day none of it really matters in that way and and like you're you're totally valid to say hey i'm taking a break or even to just not tell anyone you're taking a break and not post for x amount of days you know no doubt it's like this weird like like fake social responsibility that you feel to like do those sorts of things or to like keep buying things to keep up with everyone else it's just so strange to me like and i and i'm totally a subject of that as well <laughs> but i'm trying to work through it and figure it out like it's really and i think tom top zone goku he had a really good podcast with um fred 50 chasing about mm -hmm. this and it's like all about being sustainable in the hobby and like knowing when you have to sell off some stuff that you've been holding to 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 be able to just like either live your life or, or get something else again and it's not always about getting something else but just being like aware of those sorts of things is really important in my opinion just because it's so easy to get like sucked into the the mob of just like what everyone else is doing and you just feel like you need to be a part of it or whatever there's one of my friends who i recently got into dragon ball collecting and this guy is pretty bullish on NFTs and crypto. He has a couple like miners set up in his room, I believe. And and he's been a Dragon Ball fan forever. He he's the one who showed me Naruto, which was like one of the first animes I ever watched in like second or third grade. And I got him into Dragon Ball collecting just cuz I kind of explained to him, you know, which cards are valuable, how it works, and he's a really big Gohan fan, so he went for a bunch of Gohan cards. But this man spent like five thousand dollars in like the first like two weeks of, of him <laughs> being into it, right? Yeah. Which is is not a problem because he budgets his own life or whatever, and that's totally fine. But I'm just saying, like, from the perspective of how easy it is to get sucked into this sort of thing, even if it's your favorite character and you feel very passionate about it, he's still going for PSA tens and BGS tens pre graded or whatever. So it's kind of like an aggressive approach to get like his favorite Gohan cards or whatever, but I don't know. I think it's interesting and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. I think it's good to just talk it through and, uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, what I was trying to tell him too. Cause he kept bringing after those cards, he bought, he kept bringing me more stuff. He's like, do you think this is a good deal? Do you think this is a good deal? And I, I kept telling him like, bro, you got to sit with those Gohans for <laughs> a couple of weeks and just kind of admire them and, and look at them. And, and I think you'll start to realize how, how uh, unimportant it is for you to be like still chasing stuff like that like you'll know when you want to buy something right and it and i was like if you're asking me if it's good then you probably don't need it or whatever if that makes sense like i mean he's asking me because he hasn't been around long enough to gauge the market on some things which is fair but at the same time, I was like, yo, why are you going for this, like, brawly pre-release leader or whatever? Like, why are you even asking me about that? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I just thought it was a good deal. And I was like, well, it probably is. But it's like, are you? Yeah. He literally, and, and I'm not name dropping here, but he literally told me that, that was, he didn't like that artwork on that brawly leader. And then, like, a week later, he was asking me. There was a BGS 10 of it for, like, 550 or 600 or something. He's like, do you think this is, like, a good deal or whatever? And I was like, why are you even asking me about that? Like, I thought you didn't like that one. <laughs> so it's interesting, but, um, you know, we just got to try and check each other and check ourselves in terms of what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, yeah. Yeah, got to enjoy the, enjoy the healthy, the hobby in a healthy way, for sure. It's very hard to. 
it's very hard to actually but yep. the the more you can just think about yourself i think in this case the better probably think about your own health mentally and physically and also just what you're after the more you can like reevaluate your goals the better and uh What's interesting is even for MetaZoo, it's like, again, I didn't get into it to invest per se, but now I have a lot of high value cards. So it kind of feels like I am that way. And for certain other card games, again, you could argue that I am, but I am a genuine collector at the end of the day to, to I would say at least three fourths of, of what I do. But for things like Nightfall, it's like I've spent, I think I did the math. It was like $1,500 on Nightfall pre-orders. And I got like eight booster boxes, three spell books, 10 blister packs, all this stuff. But I started to think about it. And I was like, what was my goal with getting all that? Like, I didn't even know. I could not, for the life of me, think about why I got that much stuff. And I think really what it came down to was, one, I wouldn't be able to get it at these prices again. But two, it was like, I wanted to like that sense of security that like I got my pre-orders in and like felt like I wouldn't have to worry about it anymore or whatever, which I don't think is true. Like I think what's going to happen is I'm going to get all that stuff or or three quarters of it, and then I'm going to be like, wow, I still need to find like more deals on these when they dip or whatever. And it's just like this weird like I, I don't know how to describe it. It's this weird like pull push and and pull sort of. Thing that's been going on in my head i literally could not for the life of me explain why to myself i try to think of why i actually bought that much stuff my original goal for each set was to get five booster boxes open two and keep three sealed and then for this one i just for whatever reason went overboard when i kept finding uh msrp pre-orders it was so strange anything you do in life i think you you need to have goals uh whether it's budgeting whether it's you know losing weight or gaining strength in the gym or no, no matter what you're doing you, you have to have a goal and you have to measure your goal and as soon as you stop doing that then you're gonna do random impulsive things yeah when you start yeah when you just start buying things to buy things or like to just like have like future speculation there's just you can't even like it, it is kind of like that mindless sort of thing and it's it's not i don't think it's good <laughs> for anyone actually but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I'm going to like reevaluate it moving forward. Um, I do think it's cool that I found a couple cards that I really like from the set that I'm going after. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure of like what my actual MetaZoo goals are at this point anymore. Because I kind of accomplished all my other ones of like getting samples. That's when I was really checking off goals was like trying to get specific samples and, and trading for them back then. And kind of going through that motion on a weekly basis, just like moving in five, ten cards every week and, and trading them for other cards. Like it was a lot easier for me to kind of have tangible goals and check them off. But now that I kind of achieved all those and it's a bunch of newbies coming into the market and just buying and selling things for crazy prices. I just I don't even know what my own personal goals are anymore, which is really weird because that's not like why I even got into it in the first place was to just buy and sell things. Like I do, there are, I love the artwork on not only MetaZoo cards, but the booster boxes and stuff too. There is a an appeal to me for having a sealed collection, but it's like, at what point am I considering it too much, you know? Yep, Thing, things definitely change and things evolve and, and you're- uh... Money for two weeks or whatever. What's that? It's just like, at what point do I need to like, like uh not buy things for two weeks or three weeks because like i keep track of all my buying and spending in a spreadsheet and i think i've sold like 
15k worth of cards this year and bought back like 12k or 13k so i mean i'm just sitting there like okay and 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 i keep like all the dates you know what i purchased how much i purchased it for and if you look at some of the stuff bro it's like i'll buy like three things in a day and then buy another thing the next day and another thing the next day and take a three week three day break and then buy two more things it's like kind of crazy like I mean, at least you're tracking it. I think it's, I think it's great. You're tracking it and that's a lot better than a lot of people do. So you should give yourself credit and you should just like stick to what you believe is appropriate. You know, I just, I think after nightfall, open a few boosters. I really just want to take a chill pill for like a month or three weeks if I can. Yeah, you after should, I man. see what this Rudy bundle is, it's like really <laughs> right after I see what's up with this next thing. <laughs> yeah. That's literally how it is. Yeah. Probably have to sell off some stuff too and just like chill. Cool. Well, everyone should hit us up. Let us know what they think. Do they have similar kinds of struggles or or was this whole section kind of just madness? Is it all in my head? Am I yeah. crazy? Um, but yeah, I think we can call it there because it's been a like a 45-minute podcast, which is probably good for the first episode. Yeah, we but... might ramble a bit guys but in general we'll, we'll try to like keep it reined in and keep it fairly concise and and tell you kind of our thoughts on you know i think we should have a couple episodes that are lengthy yeah i think people do enjoy that and even with tom's i've had a couple where he has like a two-hour podcast where i'll just be like doing yard work or like driving to the mall or something and i listen to it while i'm in the car which is really enjoyable and you can just pick it up later um but i think for this first episode this is a very very good amount of time to be listening just to give y'all a taste of what it's like word we'll keep we'll keep improving and getting better too but yep thank you guys so much for listening it's been a pleasure yeah. we'll talk to you soon um any suggestions or improvements and we will keep you guys posted on the next episode hit us up let us know thanks for listening yeah thanks guys see ya you've been listening to the cardboard podcast Happy collecting everyone. Goodbye.